Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Thread. We have some exciting stories to bring to you today. So thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, so uh, the first story that um, I want to discuss, first of all, this is my new sweatshirt. I love when people send what me is LBA? Uh, sweatshirts. What is LBA? LBA, it's Lakewood Basketball Association. Oh. It's one of the biggest sports leagues really? in Lakewood. They have basketball, volleyball, bowling. Like it's literally – it's like LBA is is uh, the, one of the most popular things in Lakewood, yeah. and they sent me some some merch. So listen, if you want to send me merch, I will wear it a hundred percent, especially really? if it's comfortable like this really? one. Yes, so, absolutely. Maybe we'll get you one also. Yeah, you're starting to dress like John Fetterman. <laughs> Am I? I think I I think I think I dressed like John Fetterman before John Fetterman dressed the guy, like John Fetterman. He came to his, he came into a, he went to a news conference. Everyone all the all the senators were dressed in suits and ties. He came in a sweatshirt and shorts. Listen, he's a comfort. He's a comfort dresser. I I can relate to him. Uh, before we get to our first story for the even for for today, I want to remind everybody that tonight is the Siam Harambam. I myself and I think perhaps you as well will be in Crown Heights starting at seven thirty. Starting at seven thirty p.m. on Eastern mm-hmm. Parkway. Yeah, the whole thing will be closed off. Do you know there's going to be Divrei Bracha from Rav Herschel Shachter, Rav Moshe Elephant, the Chief Rabbi David Lau, Chief Rabbi Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef. Chief Rabbi Shlomo Amar. There's going to be Benny Freeman, Benny Freeman, Avram Fried, Ellie Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a a massive event. I think there's going to be a greeting by President Isaac Herzog, President of Israel. So what they said, they're so, setting it up on Eastern Parkway in front of Seven Seventy. Yeah, Eastern Parkway is going to be closed off. So between maybe Uber between there, Brooklyn Avenue and Kingston Avenue. I don't know the lingo. I don't know the lingo. But I will. I'm very much looking forward to this. I'm going to be there. We're going to be vlogging for meaningful minutes. So we're going to put out an awesome vlog, and you can also watch it if you're going to stay home. You can watch the entire event live on Meaningful Minutes YouTube channel. Just head to our YouTube channel, type in Meaningful mm-hmm. Minute on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, and be able to watch it live as it happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our first story for today I want to talk about is Leo D suing CNN for 1.3 million dollars. Yeah, so, hello, know- billion, billion. I said, I said, it billion. sound like a million to me. The first story I want us to talk about is Leo D, uh, the man who lost two of his daughters and his right. wife in a shooting attack in Israel, is suing yeah. is suing CNN for $1.3 billion. Right. That is B, billion dollars. A story via JNS or by Leo D is considering suing a CNN chief internal international anchor, Christiana Amanapour, for $1.3 billion after she on May 11th described their murderers of his wife and daughters as a shootout, even though they were killed when a terrorist sprayed their car with bullets. There was no shootout. The terrorist attacked the D family. There was no gunfire in return. D announced the possibility of taking legal action during an event on Monday held by Rabbi Shmuel Bateach. Um, D noted that the Dominion voting system sued Fox News and its parent company in a defamation suit for $1.3 billion. Dominion was awarded $787 million in a settlement on April 18th. Right. D said CNN's defamation of his family was far worse than Fox's defamation of Dominion. Right. Okay, so do you, do you think – listen, I think regardless if he, if he wins the suit or not, no amount of money can bring back his family. But I think that it's all about um, – in this situation, it's about you know tackling what is a grave – Injustice in, on the part of Christiana Amanapour well, to say such it's a, a thing. It's a really, it's really, you know, the unfortunately the words disinformation and misinformation have been misused. 
more than anything else yeah. over the last uh, few years. But uh, we forget how damaging it could be just floating out a story that, that hurts a family in such a way. And there's a few very troubling things about this story. Number one is, you know, it's, I think it was Chalamite Pesach when they were murdered, uh, uh, also near that famous, that now infamous town of Huara, I think. Or they were in the, they were, yeah. I, th I think they were, no, I don't think they were in Huara. I think they were in the, in the Jordan no. Valley. That was somebody else, unfortunately. You see, but that's the whole problem. These things fade into the past. Uh, they remain um, a life-changing tragedy for the family, for Rabbi D, Rabbi Leo D, and his remaining children. He has several more children. Uh, but uh, as far as the people are concerned, as far as the news is concerned, as far as the community is concerned, it drifts off into the um, into history, and it, we don't live with it every single day like we did those those first few days. But you know, the family yeah. he's hurt. The family is hurt. And to have a reporter from CNN who has an agenda to always try to equate the, the Israeli army with uh, terrorism, they want, they want to draw a parallel between terrorism and the Israeli army. So she preferred to uh, uh, falsely report that uh, it was a shootout between Israeli forces and Palestinians, and they yeah. unfortunately got killed in the crossfire. And the additional suggestion is that maybe they were killed by Israeli guns. So that's the the whole uh, setup is, and that's where the the hurt is inflicted, and that's where compensation, like you said, needs to be made because he can't get his wife and daughters back, but he he should be compensated for for the additional hurt that they have inflicted on him. Yeah, it is worth noting in this article that um, Christiane Manapour reached out to Leo D and apologized personally, mm. which he rejected his apology. And he demanded a public apology, and she did do an apo a, pub a, pu a public apology. Uh, she said on May 22nd's show, uh, which was just yesterday, mm -hmm. she said, on April 10th, I referred to the murders of a British-Israeli family, Lucy D., M Maya D., and Rina D., the wife of daughters of Rabbi Leo D. During the la that live interview, I misspoke and said they were killed in a shootout mm -hmm. instead of a shooting. I've written to Rabbi D. to apologize and make sure that he knows that we apologize for any further pains that, that may have caused him. That was her apology. Well. He said he's um, not accepting the apology. That's what he told uh, no. this morning, that he's not accepting the apology. And, um, you know, obviously she was forced by her management at CNN to issue that apology. So, um, you know, that's uh, no one's fooled by that. So, yeah. Rabbi Yaakov Menken took to Twitter and he said in response to her apology, he <laughs> said, if this were exceptional for Amanapur, I'd, I'd accept that she misspoke. But it's not exceptional. It's par for the course, and her tone and body language are, are anything but apologetic. This speaks for itself. If CNN calls this acceptable, then CNN is not. How did CNN not lay off a reporter that made such a big mistake, that caused such pain to a family that was wiped out in a terrorist attack? Well, listen, CNN is uh, uh, struggling financially, uh, very unpopular. Ratings uh, are extremely low. Uh, they're trying to re, uh, rework the, uh, the whole presentation of news that they have delivered. Uh, and uh, on top of that, um, she's one of their stars. And she's probably under a long-term contract. So they can't afford to get rid of her without paying her. So, uh, Yeah, I'm just saying, Abba, imagine, uh, take it back a few summers in the George Floyd situation. If a CNN news anchor went on there and said, uh, Floyd had a scuffle. Uh, he, he, he passed away in a struggle with police officers as opposed to the police officer killed George Floyd. They would be fired and they would have to go into witness protection. Well, listen, that's because there's a, there's a leftist tilt 
in in the country, and and that's just the way it is, you know. The Gemara says somewhere that there has to be there's more evil in the world than good, slightly more, not a lot, slightly yeah. more. Because if, every, if it was even, there would be no challenge in life. If there was more good than evil, uh, so the good would be winning. It also would be less of a challenge and a little bit more boring. But the fact that there's, yeah. let's say, it's fifty-five percent evil and forty-five percent good, we got to struggle. We got to struggle to overcome, uh, overcome the evil. And these people on the CNNs, I hope they don't sue me for libel, but the the CNNs and the Christiana mm -hmm. Ampour, uh, they represent that that fifty-five percent. That's just a number that I'm picking uh, arbitrarily. Yeah. They represent the 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 negativity and the and the and the uh, and the difficulty uh, in the world. So um, that's uh, that's that, that's yeah. that's a Kaddish Baruch Hu's structure of the world, but we the Am Yisrael has to has to battle to 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 overcome it, uh, and that's what uh, that's what Eretz Yisrael is about. Uh, that's the sacrifices that are made by people like the D family, unfortunately, and other families. That you know, if we sat here and tried to discuss all the the families, if we sat here and tried to discuss all the families that were. Uh, impacted by terrorism, we at this point, these three months later, we would be hard pressed to name all the families, you know, like uh, 100%. Let the family from uh, Remote, um, the Paley family. Okay, see, I had to think for a second to get his name out of my mind. Exactly. He just got out of the hospital. If this... and, and how about and how about that young boy that was killed in the in the in the bombing attack by the bus stop? What about yeah? And, oh, know, that was like... a long time ago. What about the seven people that were killed coming out of that shul? On Friday night, uh, in, in exactly, in, uh, yes. I don't even remember. I don't even remember where. Somewhere in northern Jerusalem, I don't even remember. Kiryat, Kiryat, yeah. something or other. Kiryat Yaakov, I think. Yeah. Uh, you see, that that that's the whole thing. That that that's uh, that's that's where evil has a, a an edge over uh, over good. Uh, on the other hand, there's also people who tell you that God gave people a gift of forgetfulness, and it, not that you forget it, but that you that you have a the power you have the koach to push it someplace behind your mind so it's not dominating you on a, every minute of, a, of of every day. Yeah. Well, before we get to our next story, I wanted to mention a big thank you to our sponsors from Sensible Marketing, Shimmy J, and the Sensible Team, the best in the nursing home marketing world. And a big thank you to Shimmy J, who is just recognized just last night for giving a one hundred thousand dollar donation really? to Miss Ameach. Um, in Lakewood, Great. it's really an incredible partnership between Shimmy J, Sensible, and Miss Ameach um, to just keep on doing their incredible work. So, besides for them being uh, incredible pillars in the nursing home marketing world and incredible uh, marketers, they also do for the community. So, a big shout out to Shimmy, big shout out to Ron, Jeremy, and the entire Sensible you know, team. So, the next story I have I, here, you, you is, have, I want yeah. something to say about you have a lot of very interesting um, sponsors and advertisers, you know. That I do. I don't no, hear no, about no. them anyplace else. They they find you. They found you. They they want your <laughs> audience because they know you have a powerful audience. Uh, and you don't hear about them anyplace else because I I consume a lot of media in the course of the day, and I see a lot of advertisements on all the Jewish websites and so on and so forth. And they're very 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 repetitious. But you know your guys yeah. are like your guys. You know, and once 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 yeah, they attach themselves to you, it's for life. We're a big family, and we take care of each other. That's all that it is. Uh, the next, the, the next story we have here via Yeshiva World News. And I saw this online last night, and I thought it was a joke, but it wasn't a joke. And that is 
Uber with guns, the ride-sharing mm. service with armed drivers, is seeking to come to New York City. Mm -hmm. The article reads, it's no secret that New York City is being ravaged by violent crime. Now a former bodyguard is looking to profit off of it by launching a ride-sharing app with armed drivers. Mm -hmm. The company, Black Wolf, is currently operating in Metro, in, in metro Atlanta area, and its founder, Kerry, Kerry King-Brown, says he wants to bring it to the Big Apple. He's quoted saying, who are mostly on the news getting robbed? The average person. Brown told Atlanta News first, what I'm creating is a necessary evil. It's, it's a necessity. And just a week after launching in the Atlanta area, the company's app was downloaded more than 80,000 times. Every Black Wolf app vehicle comes with equipped with a GPS, tracking and live streaming technology that allows our riders to share with their loved ones. The company says on its Facebook page, for an additional base fee, fighters can re uh, riders can request to specifically be driven by an armed individual. Black Wolf says all of its drivers undergo a background check and are required to take firearm uh, training classes as well as learn de-escalation methods. Okay, so something that I thought originally was a joke is totally not a joke. Supposedly, there is a need for a ride-sharing app where the, the drivers are armed. <laughs> it's almost like you can you can be driven in your own little secret service. Well, are the, are the windows and the windshield bulletproof too? Windows aren't bulletproof. Uh, and uh, you think you're going to get into a one-way gunfight and the driver's going to be the only one shooting? <laughs> uh, I, I, I imagine. Uh, uh, listen, you got you got to try to imagine what the scenario is where you're going to have, uh, where, where this is going to be necessary. Um, uh, you know, if, in Israel, I don't know if the taxi cabs uh, have bulletproof. I don't think they do, but I know some of the buses uh, are bulletproof. For sure. Um, uh, but that's, that's in Israel. Do, do you need that in New York? I don't know. I mean, where 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 are the shootings in New York or in Los Angeles or uh, I don't know where else they have gangs and things of that nature? Uh, well, I, well, listen. Apparently, it's a need in the Atlanta area because eighty thousand people have downloaded the app so far there. Yeah, so I, it's been a need I, I there. I think that if you if your driver is going to shoot somebody, he's going to have to stop and also give him his license or registration. I think it's going to have to make an accident report if he shoots somebody. <laughs> it's, <This> is, <laughs> it's not. It's not a joke, you know. Uh, how does an idea? How does an idea like this actually go to market? Like, I've heard of better ideas that never really became anything. Well, I, I guess there are executives uh, that uh, or people that are carrying valuables, and um, they want to have the police protection. I think the idea behind it is to uh, make the uh, potential criminals fearful, not to actually have a gun battle, you know, like in uh, Huawei or uh, wherever they have gun battles. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Well, we covered a couple of really interesting stories on today's episode of the Daily Thread. As we near Shavuos getting ready, the cheesecake are is I spoke to one I spoke to Batya Khan and she is she is having orders coming in for meat platters and dairy stuff and fleshic stuff and and these these places are are busy 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 and it's really well, amazing. I want you to know this is their, one, their one of the people that the uh, supermarket people here in the five towns told me a long time ago that Shavuos is busier than Sukkot or Pesach. Can you imagine? Really? Yes. Shavuos, I can. Shavuos is the busiest uh, yantif in terms of uh, in terms of food stuff. I don't know why that is. Maybe uh, they why say, is that? I don't know. They say that dairy products are much more expensive than meat. I don't know if that. I don't. I don't shop. I what? don't shop. But uh, I'm, I'm not a shopper. But I'm just telling you. How you're telling me? You're telling me a cheese board is is going to be more expensive than a meat I don't board. No, we have to. We have to. Def I don't know. We can't decide that here. We can't discuss. We can't discuss and decide such major issues like that. 
with no. our limited uh, experience in uh, in shopping. I can't imagine you pushing a cart around the supermarket. You, I've been, I've been to uh, the supermarket. I've done that too, but not, not. I can't picture it. I can't said I can't picture it. I, but, so how about this? The next time I go, I'll send you a picture of doing it, and but then you, you don't can, know. You can print that you out. But you don't know prices. Some people you meet. Some even some men you meet. I'm not talking women too, of course. A lot of men, a lot of people you meet know the price is cold. They know the price is cold. They know how much a roast is versus uh, uh, a brisket, uh, and they know how much uh, uh, a ziti is versus lasagna. You don't even know the difference between a ziti and lasagna, do you? But you got to be. I think you are underestimating my knowledge uh, of your food, food prowess and cuisine. I think so. Uh, are they serving food tonight on Eastern Parkway at the Seam? You know what? I really don't know. I really I don't know. They're, hopefully they're not, because if they are, it's going to be a mob. You know. No, I mean that'd be great business. I I might I might open up a hot dog stand there tonight. Are you kidding me? They said they're expecting yeah. ten thousand people yeah, be, uh, yeah. to be showing up. Well, listen, um, uh, you know, uh, I guess gonna be a lot of uh, daily thread uh, listeners there tonight. Uh, God and, willing, uh, meaningful minute people and uh, meaningful minute people, and uh, uh, there'll be a lot of people there, and it's gonna be a great, uh, great celebration. But uh, just back to the uh, to the she situation, um, and, and it being very, very. Uh, uh, very, very busy. It is a departure from the usual Yantif uh, fair because usually uh, people, uh, oh, you know what I wanted to tell you about? I was talking to a president of one of the major shuls here in the five towns. You know what's going on here? Shrewest night, and I don't know if in other parts of the country or other parts of the world, but you know, Yantif night is Thursday night. I know one shul here has a, an entire bar set up. They have a. I, I, you know, I, I, I want to dedicate this topic. To a whole episode tomorrow, where we're going to discuss the the spread that well, some of these shuls I'll put out. Some, I remember going. I I remember going to shul when I was younger, and we had maybe some marble yeah, cake and yeah, soda. Yeah. No. You can go get an entire carving. They get carving they stations have, and omelet we'll stations. It, like you said, we'll discuss it tomorrow. But they have a full bar with all all liquors and wines, sushi bar. Okay. Which, uh, who needs who needs to be drinking liquor and hello, wine on Shrewis Night at two a.m. Uh, they are barbecuing. They are barbecuing all night. You want to have you want to have some brisket or a, a, a prime rib steak at three thirty a.m. You got it, man. You got it. You just sounded. I'm just saying. You just sounded like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> they are barbecuing all night. Okay, that is our episode for today of the Daily Thread. Make sure to tune in tomorrow, where we're going to dedicate the entire episode to the food situation and the shul next year. And if you, if your shul, if your shul does something extravagant, or if they do it low key, send us an email. We want to know about it. That's the Daily Thread at meaningfulminute.org, and we have really good clips and other content that the Daily Thread puts out there. So make sure to subscribe to our WhatsApp status by hitting the link in the description of this episode. I want to end off this episode by saying that a big Mazel Tov to Tzedek Association. Uh, like we mentioned yesterday, they're raising money to lobby for insurance companies to pay for IVF treatments. And they have raised so far $6.8 million. Really? They surpassed the $6 wow. million goal they set. They have almost raised $7 million. That is their bonus goal. But they have raised 114% of their original goal. So a big miles up to them. And hopefully that's a sign of really good things to come in the future. Nachi Gordon here with my father. Yes. And we are wishing you a great day. Okay, see, you see you all Call later. Bye.